Hello, everybody, and welcome to Innovative Quarantimes, a podcast created by Global Tech Connect and Startup Campus London. Personally, by myself, Olivia Exton, and Gergi Guyash. Global Tech Connect was created last year in December by 13 international startup supporting organizations. We saw that even though all of our startups are coming from different countries, they are facing the same problems. International startups find it very difficult to enter the most competitive market in Europe, the UK market. Global Tech Connect is made up of 13 different countries. These 13 countries united in Global Tech Connect to support their best handpicked startups in connecting to British investors, corporates, businesses, and governmental organizations. As we are unable to host any event due to the pandemic, we've created innovative quarantines to connect our international startups and ecosystems to a wider audience. By listening to this podcast, you will learn how different countries' innovative ecosystems are coping with the problems created by the pandemic and how startups from these GTC member countries solve COVID-19-related issues. In the first episode, we will introduce the French, Turkish, and Hungarian ecosystems, followed by one startup from each country and the great La French Tech partner, OVH Cloud. Hope you will enjoy it. Let's tune in. Hello, everyone, and thank you very much for coming and participating on the very first podcast of Innovative Quarantimes, a podcast created by Global Tech Connect. Let's start by introducing ourselves. I think that's the, the, that's the best way of also giving an insight of what Global Tech Connect is. So let's start with Mathilde. Hi, Mathilde. Could you please um, introduce yourself? Hi, I'm uh, Mathilde Bachel. I work for the French Tech London as a community lead. The French Tech as a, is a pretty special team with a, a very special goal, really, uh, which is to make sure that France becomes uh, one of the best places in the world to start and scale global tech uh, champions. And we do that through funding policy, um, through national and international programs, and through communities. We're about 100 communities worldwide, and French Tech is the biggest community internationally. Thank you for the introduction, Mathilde. And um, I mean, I'm also curious about yourself. Now we are at La French Tech in London, but how did you end up here, actually? I bring about 10 years of experience in strategy and client development and marketing roles in both the media and the um, consumer good industries. And I uh, moved to London with my family a few years back. And I was hired by Raph Crouan, who's the new president of La French Tech, and Albin Servian, uh, who is the, one of the co-founders of La French Tech in London, when they wanted to, um, let's say, reshuffle the organization a little bit, which is what we've been doing uh, with Raf here in London for uh, about a year now. Okay, so it's a big change for a family, especially uh, when when you have uh, kids and everything with school. So well done, and I really like um, the events of La French Tech. So um, keep the good job up. So now we're moving on to uh, Sabina from Hackotis, a Turkish startup accelerator. Hello, everybody. My name is Sabina Babayeva. Uh, I'm Chief of Operations at Headquarters. We're based in Turkey and in the UK. Uh, Headquarters was founded in 2015 as a startup accelerator and corporate innovation partner. So uh, since 2015, like five years already, we have done more than 50 different programs. 
most of the programs are uh, together are powered up by our corporate partners. So we connect the most promising startups in the region with the innovative corporate partners. Uh, the program that we have done so far are can be described as regional. So we have done program in uh, Germany in uh, MENA region. And so far, we have more than 800 startups graduated from different programs. But at the same time, we're working with SMEs, uh, providing uh, support for uh, SMEs in the region. And uh, recently, we have received applications from more than 140 countries. Sounds amazing. And are you, are you based in London, Sabina? No, I'm based in Istanbul, but at the same time, we have office, uh, recently opened office in London as well. Okay, so now this is going to be funny because uh, I, I will have to introduce my, my colleague, uh, Greg, uh, from Startup Campus London. And I could finish the introduction because I know the company very well, uh, as I work for it myself. But I will let you introduce Startup Campus London, Greg. Yes, thank you, Olivia. I'm glad that you know the company very well. <laughs> That's a good sign. So Startup Campus originally started as a university incubation program. We started in Hungary and basically we went to the universities and we started to teach people about entrepreneurship. As you know, Hungary is a post-communist country, so the culture was really not there. And we just started to educate uh, the youngsters and um, explain to them what VC funding is and how they can bring the idea to life. And later we set up our own funds, so we invested in the companies that we liked. And of course they required some help and, and some strategic advice. So we set up our incubator in Hungary and our co-working office. And later we realized that they don't really know the when, the how and the where when it comes to global expansion. So this is why we set up our office first in Berlin and uh, later in London, where we provide soft landing programs and immersion tours for startups who are considering UK as their main market. So basically the soft landing program focuses on matured startups and it's very important that they should have validated themselves in their home country. Basically, we connect them to the ecosystem and we provide the right infrastructure for the successful lending in the UK. So we connect them with uh, investors, accelerators, uh, business partners. We do some sales, we review their promotional materials uh, and giving them strategic advice. And regarding the immersion trips, it is usually for earlier stage businesses. And we bring them here for a few days just to give them a tangible experience about the UK's ecosystem. Thank you. So now, dear listener, you might be sitting there in your kitchen cooking dinner or, or planting your, your new flower in the garden or doing whatever, listening to this podcast and questioning, what the heck is uh, GTC? So let me give you a brief insight. GTC was started by Pier Paolo Muccelli, um, the CEO of Tech Italia. Greg, um, Managing Director of Startup Campus London, and myself, roughly a year ago. And uh, we went to CPR for a different reason. And we were talking about various issues. And he said, well, I'm actually facing the same problem uh, with Italian startups here in London. So basically, uh, we started to discuss uh, the issues that we are facing. And the bottom line is about members of Global Tech Connect is that we are all organizations from various countries that want to support startups from our home countries in London and in the UK in general to come over uh, to the UK and succeed here in doing business. And this is why we have teamed up, uh, because basically together um, we can create a, a stronger 
approach and and have more uh, publicity have uh, more interesting events and also bring more excitement in into whatever we are doing could you just please elaborate why you have joined uh, gtc and why do you think it's important to have such an organization in london uh, since we were founded five years ago, actually, uh, the mission of Hackwaters is to bring value for the startups as much as possible. So providing access and partnership with the global startups and partners for us and creating the new revenue streams for the startups is the uh, core part of it, of course. Uh, because in general, providing this kind of support, we are uh, at the same time support innovative solutions in the sector. And uh, this is how actually we think that we can benefit out of this network. Uh, most of the corporate partners that we're working with, it's a multinational uh, companies, multinational companies that are operating not only in the region, but globally. Uh, and at the same time, we're trying to make startups benefit out of this network. Uh, it can be different sector, uh, it can be different verticals, but at the same time, the, the value, if we can... Uh, support startups with soft landing, if we can support startups with access for the global networks of uh, mentors, of investors, of facilitating companies. So this, I think, is the main benefit and advantage of these kind of organizations. Yeah, I totally agree with that with Sabina here. It's, uh, it's really about uh, creating more opportunities, you know, I mean, for us, for the French startups and scale-ups. Um, so GTC gives a uh, an opportunity to access a wider network and it gives everyone more traction. GTC is about 13 countries represented now. Not everyone physically based in London, but everyone working and aiming at helping startups um, here in London, soft lending them and helping them grow their businesses around the UK. On the French tech side, um, France and Europe has really, you know, they've always been a continent of, of innovation and prosperity and, and like, Cédric O said uh, when he came to visit uh, French Tech here and in London at the Science Museum back in September last year, he really, you know, he pointed out the fact that our prosperity and our social models are linked to this past prosperity. And, uh, and the, the fact that all tech giants are from the US and from China, which is, you know, creating a problem for jobs, a problem for sovereignty. And this is, this is literally what French tech is trying to achieve. But we can't just be doing this on our, on our own. To me, GTC is really about bringing diversity. Uh, and, uh, and I'm very, very excited to be part of it as, as French tech and, and on the personal side, because I really think in the moment, especially in the context of Brexit, it is important to stick together and to show that there is a will to collaborate and there's a will and a need for this diversity. This is what GTC is trying to achieve. Exactly. And just to uh, add a few things to it. So besides the network, we can um, share our resources, we can collaborate, like uh, organize events together. And uh, most importantly, the companies, you know, big corporate partners will understand and appreciate our network when we are together. Because when we started Startup Campus London, we visited many VCs and a few corporates. And when, when we said that, yes, yes, we represent Hungary, which is a you know big country for us, we just experienced that the people, in many cases, they don't really know even where it is. <laughs> but when we say we represent an organization and we have Israel, France, Turkey, Italy, and many more, 
then they start to respect us and ah, this is something interesting. So you can bring me deal flow and innovation from these countries. Yeah, this is something that that sounds pretty cool. So let's let's start to work together. And this is why this is a great initiative. And uh, this is also why I say that we are stronger together because our value proposition is much much stronger. Yeah, thank you. I, it's, uh, everyone has given really good comments. London is so competitive that it doesn't matter if, uh, if you're actually representing a country, uh, you're still too small to um, stand out. So that's why I'm really glad we actually made it so far uh, with Global Tech Connect and that as a first step, we are creating this series of podcasts and we decided to use this great initiative of having this amazing international spirit that we have within the organization and to actually talk about how our own countries and own ecosystems are facing this whole crisis and what are the main issues that we that uh, startups are facing, uh, general businesses facing and how different countries are, are, are trying to solve problems or overcome difficulties and how we see the future basically. So we are trying to basically help by giving each other idea, ideas and to see how, how we are tackling the same problem in different ways. So hopefully quite a few people will find good ideas, good solutions to, to aid them in whatever they have to face right now. So yes, who wants to start? I'm happy to start for France okay. and for French Tech with the, with the great news. Our government recently announced that they were going to, uh, to give a full billion boost to the, uh, to the economy to help some of the vulnerable uh, French startups to bridge the gap. So it's literally trying to help them overcome the crisis. Our government is very supportive of the um, French Tech and the tech ecosystem because those are the jobs of tomorrow. That's obvious. But literally, it was about what, what they're going to, to do to overcome the crisis, to alleviate the costs of the workforce, to you know, um, give those startups the cash to make bridges between two fundraising grounds. And, um, and, uh, and they've been doing so with this, with this 4 billion boost. And they've also implemented some, uh, some refund of uh, corporate tax credit, which was something very important. And now um, there's, been, there's, there's been a this call for innovation from tech companies to help um, us as a country and to help us as a, as, a, as a continent, as Europe. So clearly we've been in touch with VC funds and, uh, and the state public bank has, been, uh, has jumped in to, uh, to help put in place some, uh, some, some of those uh, financial solutions. But it's not about financial solutions. It's also about what solution we can bring and our tech companies can bring to this COVID crisis. So there's no, for example, there's no tracking so far um, uh, in place in France. Um, our government is looking into what is being done, for example, here in the UK, um, to uh, what's being done in Germany or in Singapore, for example. And they're investigating the health benefits and the technical solutions which are in place. And it's very interesting to see how creative people are and how some energies can be refocused into this COVID crisis. And this is also the reason why I brought in today this uh, Circa Jean uh, startup and uh, François Payet, who is going to explain and tell us um, about how Circogene is actually going to be able to help Europe. Hopefully, they'll hear him and what he has to bring into the table, keeping confidentiality and protecting its uh, users' privacy. 
And what about Turkey? Is, is Turkey doing similar things or how is the approach there? Of course. I mean, like, uh, first of all, uh, like, uh, we need to accept that the coronavirus is not just a health crisis anymore. So it's a period when we can just restructure the small businesses and the global economic order in general. But for most industries, of course, it's a, uh, most industries will need to reactivate many things that they have been postponing so far. Uh, like uh, product line and uh, sale line or some supply chains or operations. Definitely for some of the startups, it will be like uh, just a matter of survival. But at the same time, for many other startups that we are working with, they start to think about reshaping their business model. They start to think about repositioning during the crisis and think about what will happen after the crisis passed, of course. So I uh, need to specify spe specific sectors that the government is uh, interested more and which are mostly affected by the prices. Of course, it's a tourism, logistics, uh, horeca sector, entertainment, uh, when we have the most of the governmental support. So for these sectors, for instance, uh, Turkish government proposed uh, six months uh, VAT taxes postponed. Uh, also, uh, Turkish government, of course, I mean, like, of course, there is a budget allocated, like several billion dollars uh, already allocated to bite coronavirus and to support small businesses and startup ecosystem. But at the same time, what a government here is trying to do is to guarantee uh, employment for all people and to decrease unemployment rate. The Turkish Agency for, to, uh, for Support of the Small Businesses, they are also publishing additional support programs right now for SMEs and startups working in specific sectors and industries like chemical, medical, equipment, the startups or the solutions that can help uh, existing problem and uh, provide this immediate uh, solution. And of course, uh, what we see so far is like, um, as I told previously, I mean, like most of the startup, they are thinking about reshaping their operations or reshaping their business models. And of course, the, these opportunities will push more for technology adaptation. That's why we have user vision uh, startup from Turkey. I think that user vision is the best example to uh, present uh, how actually the, the whole ecosystem and the whole uh, business here is uh, being transferred into to the more online issues on online rails uh, because the real acceleration will be driven by uh, productivity uh, when the labor is unavailable. So that's why we have these kind of solutions. And as a result, of course, a stronger sense of what makes businesses more resilient uh, for shocks, more productive and better able to deliver uh, to customers. In Hungary, the situation is quite similar. So before the crisis, Actually, the conditions were good. We have a pretty loose monetary policy with um, a record low interest rates. Also, there was a very, very sharp decrease in unemployment. And um, in terms of VC money and funding and governmental support for startups, I can confidently say that we had money on the market. I saw that actually they have money to spend and they really wanted to spend. And uh, it's quite challenging when we talk about Series A in the UK and Series A in Hungary because there's a big gap. So say, for instance, a Series A here is like 500k, while there is like um, above a million. 
And um, the past six months, this started to increase and we, we, we were getting comparable with Western countries in terms of VC funding. And even the quality of the startups was, was a bit better than before in Hungary. But now we have the crisis. So the government does everything what they can. So they're building new hospitals, they're building mobile hospitals, they're buying equipment. Also, um, they actually frozen the mortgage payments. And in terms of startups, the government really wanted to hear some feedback from uh, accelerators and incubators. I had a chance to participate and give advice. So at Startup Campus, we created a very, very large report. And what we did is we studied all the countries where we are present. So not just the UK, but also Southeast Asia, Israel, Berlin. And we asked our partners to give some input and share some best practices that we can use in Hungary. So we gave this feedback to the government. And how I see is that incubators will have significant role in rebooting the whole ecosystem after the crisis. So we already have a program called Reload Hungary, and we will try to do everything what we can to create more jobs and prevent uh, further job losses in the future. So quite a few interesting uh, approaches were discussed. And just as a last question, how do you see the future? Here in French Tech, we've, um, we've reshuffled a little bit the, uh, the way we're going to, uh, we're going to uh, work for the, uh, for the ecosystem here in London. So normally we, do, uh, we organize a lot of panels, a lot of conferences. We have one uh, major event every year, uh, last year. So I mentioned it earlier, it was at the Science Museum. And we, uh, it, we hosted uh, the, the event around uh, Cedrico and some uh, very big uh, investors. And um, such as Balderton, Balderton Capital and KKR, just to name just to name a few. And uh, clearly, uh, we, we had 400 people in the room, 15 uh, uh, journalists from, uh, from uh, various media, uh, French media, of course, and international media. So um, this is not going to be possible, which is, uh, which is the reason why we are looking into uh, digital solutions. So it's on the one hand, it's about what, what's the best way to bring bring those events to our ecosystem and clearly uh, we're talking podcasts here and webinars uh, this is not what we're doing but if some of our startups are doing them we're very happy to be in touch with them and to relay the information on the other hand we've changed the way we work as a team um, the board around Raf Crouin is uh, is working on three different verticals we have a deep tech vertical um, tech for good and uh, fintech, of course, we're in London, and the um, each group is co-led by one entrepreneur and someone from the corporate world. And uh, clearly, those groups are working with a team of volunteers themselves. So, in order to best coordinate everyone's uh, contribution to our work, we started using Klaxoon, which is a French tech. Um, no one will be surprised. Uh, solution, which is enabling us to set up meetings, do some brainstorming together. They're very, very uh, innovative. They were uh, received um, a, a prize um, at the at this, uh, CES this year. I'll let you look into it, into them. So literally, we've been changing the way we are bring, we're bringing content to the uh, community and the way we're working together as a group. 
So, of course, uh, Hackwaters as as a startup itself, I mean, we are also affected by the crisis. But for us, crisis is not just a vulnerability, but also an opportunity to improve our performance and the performance of the startups that we are working with. So we have also, like, as absolutely agree with Mathilde, we also have uh, switched to digital uh, all our operations, all the programs that we're running so far. Right now, uh, everything is done online. But actually, at the same time, um, as I told, I mean, before opportunities will push for more technology adaptation. And right now we have all the training, mentorship sessions, workshops online and digital as well. And uh, though, I mean, like we still have uh, very good uh, positive uh, stories as well. Um, it's uh, even success stories. Uh, so one of the startup, one of the graduates uh, of our program, Pep Up, uh, has received investment this week. And at the same time, uh, the other startup startup that we're working with, they're starting the social campaign with the uh, two big uh, clients, two big brands to support this uh, period uh, during coronavirus. So, of course, uh, this is the crisis, but at the same time, there is a lot of opportunities that arise and we see them already. We already have some fruits out of that during uh, what will happen after corona, of course. The crisis already changed uh, uh, the access for the clients, already changed some of the uh, operations lines for many startups and uh, comprehension of the work in general. As I mentioned, like uh, we we didn't stop, so we proceed with all the programs, the current programs that we are doing so far, and we even going to make a demo day, like it's a digital remote demo day, online demo day, uh, late uh, April. So let's see how it will happen. Well, our organization was pretty quick and pretty effective. So even for corporate acceleration programs, scouting event, you know, we had to digitalize in like within a week and we could manage it successfully, even the selection process and um, partner speeches as well. Even our team building activities. So say for instance, yesterday we had a concert only for us by David Onka, who is a singer. And, you know, it was great to feel that we are still together, even we work remotely. So, yeah, this is what I see among our portfolio members as well. So, say, for instance, we have Insimu, you know, an ad tech company, and the user base just grew exponentially in the past month. And the startup Scovo, they managed to amend their product to help multinational companies to prevent outbreak within the organization. As a final line, we can say that when one door closes, another one opens. And... Uh, it's great to see that many of our companies and our own organizations as well are facing these challenges and, and changes very well, actually. Now, let's listen to the first startup, Circogene, that created a great solution to protecting your personal data even during a pandemic. I'm sure that either you or someone that you know has done a DNA test to know where your ancestors are coming from. But don't you find it strange that nowadays we are so concerned about protecting our personal data, yet we are providing private companies with a source of information, our genes, that tells everything about us. Circogen is solving a problem that is an issue of our future, genetic discrimination. Let's listen to what Francois has to say. Yeah, thank you for your invitation. So, um, Circogen is uh, basically providing world-class genetic services 
to protect and improve public health, both at the population and individual levels. Okay, and I'm, I mean, there are quite a few um, genetic testing tools. What makes you different or unique? So we have a very unique approach because initially we uh, we saw that the real problem, the first problem to solve is privacy. Uh, nobody wants to have all his uh, DNA details all over Internet because it can be used against you uh, for genetic discrimination. It's something we already see. So we have a very particular, very innovative approach to make sure that your DNA data is, is really safe and secure. Um, and on top of that, we want to provide accurate results. So I use my uh, experience from the in vitro diagnostic world in order to provide the, the most accurate test possible. What is uh, genetic discrimination? I mean, I had uh, racial discrimination, different kind of discriminations, but genetical discrimination, what is that? Very good question. So genetic discrimination is a, is a rampant phenomenon that is... Uh, slowly spreading across all society. It's beginning with VIPs, I would say. Uh, imagine that you are a Premier League a footballer um, and you want to have a look on your um, health action plan and you want to have a look on your DNA. And unfortunately, you realize that you're predisposed to develop, for instance, a heart disease by the age of 40 and you're already 35. You can imagine that the value of your profile is going down big time. We want to make sure that this kind of information information cannot be used against you because it's really safe in your hands and even us, we can't have access to your results. Up to now, so we all know blockchain and encryption, but up to now there was no technology which is able to perform computation on encrypted data without any decryption. So imagine this, you have your DNA data and you want to analyze it. Uh, for the time being, we are obliged to decrypt it. So it's in the clear, so it's exposed, so it's vulnerable to any you know, data breach. Our technology, which is optimized fully homomorphic encryption, is a patented technology. It's really, truly a disruptive technology that allows us to encrypt your DNA forever and still allow us to compute your health risk directly on this encrypted data. So it's it's completely new because it's it's seen as a holy grail in encryption and we have uh, the only uncontested patent in the world on this particular application. How can you use this technology to solve the problems of the current situation and uh, maybe provide some solution for the crisis? So there are many ways to apply it. One of the most important aspects of uh, the fight against the current pandemic is contact tracing. So contact tracing is to know who you were in contact with in the last, for instance, 14 days. Uh, but at the same time, people don't want to install this application for a simple reason. It's not really privacy <laughs> preserving. People will know where you were or who you were in contact with. So if we apply our technology here, all this data is encrypted. The identity of the people is safe. You only know that you were exposed and you are supposed to self-isolate. You know at any time, what is your level of risk of getting infected or you can even know in real time whether you are in a particular increasing danger of getting infected without disclosing any information about, about your location or the identity of the person that are around. So that's the power of fully homomorphic encryption. So let's take an example. So let's say that France developed an application which is fight COVID. What we would do in this case is contact governments, contact organizations that develop this application and provide 
provide our technology on top of the existing application. So if you get infected and you declare it, this data is safe. So we can't identify you as somebody which is infected, but still you need to propagate this information in the network of all the people you, you were in interaction with uh, to make sure that they are safe, they can self-isolate. Here, what we would do is typically to provide this technology to the different governments uh, so they can and make sure that the people they adopt this app because they have the guarantee that their privacy is secure with us. And how is it going so far? So can you cooperate with the government or with companies? Currently, we are doing partnership with the industrial partners. Regarding this contact tracing, we still need to contact the different governments. We will begin with, uh, obviously, the, the, the French and, and British government. In general, regarding the pandemic situation, our uh, B2C sales are probably going to be impacted. So we are extremely reactive in this context. So what we are currently developing is a, a panel in order to help people to understand whether uh, they are going to use uh, efficiently the future coronavirus treatment. There are some strong side effects, and these side effects are linked to your DNA. So we want to make sure that people can, in advance, know their risk of uh, side effects for the future treatment. This situation is uh, very challenging for the business. For the time being, we have more than eight projects to fight coronavirus, from the uh, fully homomorphic encryption applied to uh, contact tracing to a particular coronavirus treatment uh, genetic panel, many different uh, projects and actually it's brand new opportunities for us. And we are really delighted to provide this solution to the world. And at the same time, uh, we have also some benefits because investors, they see that we are extremely reactive and that's also the reason why we successfully fundraised last week. Wow, that's amazing and congratulations. Can I just ask you, who did you raise from or where did you raise for this round? We raised in UK actually. So our partners are Startup Funding Club and Keen Investment. And we have also the support from uh, Loyal VC. Uh, they are based in Canada and they only fund, which are Funder Institute graduate and INSET graduate. And how come you, you didn't raise in France actually? France, as well as uh, South Korea, are the two most stringent regime in, in genetic testing in the world. It will probably evolve because so far there were no real technical solution to address it, uh, but we are coming with this. And basically we have identified four genetic events in the world, uh, including Canada and UK, and that's why we focus on these countries for the time being. Makes sense. So if other governments want to get in touch with you, how can they do this? They can directly contact us uh, through the website or to email me at uh, francois.payet at circagin.com. On the website, just click on the info email and we will get in touch really quickly. Thank you, Francois, for being with us today. As you could hear, Circuitin offers a great solution to how to protect your personal data, but at the same time, keep those that are around you safe during a pandemic. Now, we will continue with User Vision. So the following startup is User Vision, presented by the founder Batukan, who I met in this September at Takeoff Istanbul, which was organized by Headquarters. It was um, a really great festival, and normally they provide branding insights and help corporates from various sectors to improve their UX and customer interactions. But now they shifted their focus and they concentrate more on the remote interactions and help brands to hear the voice of the consumers during this pandemic situation. So we provide both 
grants help with UX and digital strategy by understanding the omni-channel digital and physical interactions of consumers with products and services. But also we provide brands insights or basically customer perception and how a customer perceives why consumers act in a certain way. And thus, we are providing a similar value proposition of a market research firm where we digitize and accelerate most of the process by utilizing our technology and frameworks. Given that, we provide a 100% remote solution to brands where we allow, as I mentioned, um, to conduct research remotely to digital mediums. And we have introduced a platform where brands reach out to highly targeted audiences and capture insights. But how we frame our business and how we market our business has been changed. So we have realized that most of the agenda of the companies, most of them is very similar. So they have budgets, they have human resources, and of course they cannot fire their, their workers, their employees. But there's a surplus resources where operations are very slow and they don't know what to do. So what we do is we allow brands to hear the voice of their customers. So this is the best time for them to actually understand their consumer segments, hear the voice of the consumer, interact with the voice of the consumer, understand their needs, their perception, try to uh, analyze what's been changing in the pandemic era. We have done a research where we realized that as people are stuck in their houses, their habits could change drastically because they have the time and the motivation to start things that they have never started. So um, this is a great time for some brands to create uh, habits. So it's very uh, important to understand these interactions and these shifts. That's how we help brands right now. And in terms of your clients, your client's profile changed since the pandemic uh, really kicked in. In, in our region. Did a lot of yeah. your clients drop out or, or, or um, stop the contract? And what about finding new customers? Are you doing well on this? At the beginning, it was all about what the heck are we going to do? Nowadays, it's going a better in that sense where they are realizing, okay, this is not the end of the world, so we can just go business as usual, so how we can work with each other. And we reached out to them with uh, a certain communication that how pandemic era is changing the way of doing business. And we shared them some of the insights that we captured during the first couple of weeks, but also how we can help them to create a better strategy after the pandemic era, because that will be a very interesting time to work at an enterprise company. Yeah, so um, we recently started to work with Ernst Young. And we are right now in talks with Samsung, where we are trying to redesign their retail experience after the pandemic era. Could you just please talk about where you see yourself in the future? To briefly answer your question, it's how, how I see our company in the, in the near future is very depends on the economy itself. Similar to other brands, of course, we are also uh, playing in a competitive market. But we have the advantage of being very nimble. And also most of our costs are operational costs. So this allows us to, to be very fluid. And this is what brands need in today's era. 
And of course, big brands are very fun to leverage their names and their capabilities. But in times of crisis, being nimble provides more effective solutions than being big. So um, we can provide even better services in such times. And I think that we could leverage this aggressively after even right now and after the, after the epidemic. And of course, that allows us to provide more cost-effective results and more personalized solutions at scale utilizing technology. And this era is also, as it is with consumers, brands are also very receptive to choose uh, new products which could provide better and faster solutions in a more cost-effective way. So I'm very optimistic on that sense. And saying that, before wrapping up, as I mentioned, we provide research and strategy solutions for mostly enterprise brands, but also small to medium enterprises. We also sometimes work with uh, later level startups. And in this sense, I would love to help them reach their goals by providing them uh, some free research strategy consultancy. If they have a certain problem or aspect that they want to understand, we can show them how they can ask the questions and what questions could be asked in a free strategy consultancy. And if we had the chance to uh, guide them in the future using our technologies and services, that could also be splendid. And um, where can people get in touch with you? Sure, so they can just send a mail to info at user.vision, which is our website, is user.vision. And they can just put the, um, put the title Free Strategy Consultancy, and we will just provide them with more information. Thank you, Batikan, for introducing UserVision. Branding has always been important, but now it is even more important to get it right as customer behavior is changing drastically in these strange times. Our next startup, Scorbe, is solving another hot topic which is taking care of your HR even during the most hectic periods of life. Now, please welcome to the show, Kaman. Kaman, tell us a bit more about how did you react to COVID-19 and the problems it has caused in your sector? Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Our first connection with the virus was beginning of March uh, when the bad news came from Italy, how the virus affected the whole whole country. That time I was thinking that on two things that the first the virus uh, will come to Hungary as well that's for sure. The second thing that how uh, we can help the country, the people or clients to make this hard time easier for everybody. And as we are making a mobile application, mobile tool for, uh, for big enterprises, we have a very uh, convenient tool in our hand to maintain connection with the employees and provide very convenient workflow helping uh, mobile solutions. I was thinking that the company need to know how many people are affected uh, with the virus and how many are healthy or how many are already over the, the, the infection. And when I started to approach our client uh, with my idea, it's turned out that yes, uh, it's important for them to know how many colleagues of them are infected, uh, whether they are healthy or not, or they have uh, symptoms or not. And it was in, in second half of March, uh, we realized that many kind of uh, free solution are in use, 
they use uh, messenger, they use uh, email, they use SMSs to contact with the uh, with the employees in that uh, sense. But they have no up to date information. So now, what we have in our hand, <coughs> it's a mobile application helping the employees to give a daily uh, questionnaire about their health status, indicating whether they are healthy or they have symptoms, and what's the exact health situation of them. This sounds great. How is the application called, and where are you at at the moment with the application? The name of the application is Core Info. At the moment, uh, we have a beta version tested by our partners. Our first intention was that to use the EU funding for the development, but we realized that it will take very long. So we started the development uh, that time, and now it's in beta version, as I mentioned. And we approached Amazon because we want to give this service for free and the server cost, it's a significant one in that area. And Amazon gave us uh, a support. So they will give us uh, the server services for free. So we will be able to provide for free for a long run as well. Congratulations, Carmen, for partnering up with Amazon. It sounds great. And my final question is, where do you see Scovo in the post-COVID era? Well, I think the Scovo Core Info uh, will have more and more role in the daily life of our partners or the users because as uh, there are less and less infected people, there will be um, um, bigger and bigger afraid uh, against the reinfection. So it will be crucial for uh, big companies or big, big networks to ensure that uh, the employees are healthy and there is no reinfection in several areas. So uh, if, the man if the management can see that 100% of the employees are, are healthy and there is no symptoms at all, uh, that they can ensure that their, their staff uh, is fully up and running. And on the other hand, uh, what we see and what we expect that less and less people want to have personal connection in, the, in, the, in this post-COVID area. However, the advisory activity from bank and investment companies will be imp important as it was earlier. So our sales product, what we are offering to support personal sales, is very easily can be used to support the remote uh, sales processes. We expect that this solution will be more and more popular uh, within our, our clients. Thank you, Carmen, for describing your amazing new idea. And now I guess everyone is very excited to actually use this. When is it going to be ready? School recording for we will be ready in, in, in this month. So at, at the moment, our application is a development phase. The basics are already done. We are looking for, uh, for partners who help us to finalize the questionnaire and start to use our free solution. If you would like to be the part of the pilot period already, we have a special opportunity to apply. We have a dedicated function on our website, www.scolvo.com, and you will see a core info access menu point, and please feel free to fill out and get in contact with us. Thank you, Carmen, for introducing Scolvo. As Carmen said, if you need support in your HR, feel free to reach out to them. 
Our last guest today is OVH Cloud, the biggest cloud service in Europe and one of the largest in the world. Thank you very much for being with us today here, Philip, from OVH Cloud. It's a great honor to have such a company as yours uh, on our podcast as one of the first companies to talk. I mean, OVH has a long history of about 20 years. Could you just please summarize what is your vision, what is your mission, and also to talk about your new initiative of working together with startups as well? Right, yes. So we're one of the first hosting companies in Europe. Grew to become the number one hosting company in Europe by 2011 with an extensive public and private cloud offering. OVH Cloud has always been known for its best in-class uh, price and performance ratio, which is helped by our patented uh, water cooling technology, among other innovations. OVH Cloud has significantly grown with 30 global data centers supported by 2,200 employees and more than 1.5 million customers worldwide. We see ourselves as an alternative cloud, and we like to challenge the status quo. We believe in open standards and being part of an open ecosystem. This means that our solutions are interoperable and reversible, making sure our customers are not locked into products or services. Um, we've also had a long um, history working with La French Tech as a partner, and we are proud to be part of their uh, top 40 uh, tech listing. In terms of the OVH Cloud Startup Program specifically, which I'm heading up in Northern Europe, that was launched in 2015. And to date, we've received almost 7,000 applications and provided support to almost 2,000 of these. So that's a bit of a history for the last uh, 20 years. So it's a very rich and, uh, and great history that we have there. Now, everyone is talking a bit about this right now. Uh, and I must ask you, how did the pandemic hit your company? And uh, what kind of changes and challenges are you facing right now? For now, uh, we do not think uh, there'll be any impact on the availability of OVH cloud products and services. Obviously, put the team and their safety of top uh, priority as well as the provision of our services to our customers, uh, employees have all uh, been working from home uh, as much as possible. We've benefited there from having a lot of technology in place that's made that a lot easier. As a consequence, we are also deploying uh, business continuity plans. Our priority is to ensure high quality operational service. Currently, we have enough components and, and service stock to cover our needs and anticipated stoppages in our logistical uh, chains. If we look specifically at the, the startup program, we're in a unique position to assist startups that may have been hard hit by the pandemic through uh, free access to cloud infrastructure and technical and business support. And we endeavor to do all that we can to support our customers and new startups that join uh, the program at this time. We have launched uh, this key initiative called Open Solidarity where we now are helping to provide additional infrastructure to businesses that are seeking to provide support during this current challenges. Is this open to any startups or is it just open to startups that have joined your program? Uh, so in terms of open solidarity, uh, through this initiative, we are delivering web cloud, bare metal, private cloud, public cloud solutions free of charge for the entire duration of the crisis. And this is for software publishers, startups, public service providers, and in this way they can in turn 
uh, offer free remote working, education, communication, healthcare, and other solutions to SMEs and individuals. We're providing this infrastructure so that they can absorb traffic spikes resulting from their services being provided for free. And in this way, the, the online platform centralizes a set of software as a service solutions offered free of charge to help companies and individuals during the confinement period. As I said, from a startup program point of view, we offer access to free infrastructure, um, you know, up to certain limits for, for startups that are, are growing. But along with that, we offer support in two forms, either technical support in terms of solution architecture support, and then also business support. And one of the ways that we are providing business support at the moment is, is through this webinar series. The first one will take place on the 28th of April at 10 o'clock GMT, and we'll introduce the OVH Cloud Startup Program, where we'll explain the importance and criteria for having a cohesive cloud strategy, as well as how startups can benefit from our program during these times. If you're interested to join, contact me, or you can join the Northern Europe Startup Webinars group on meetup.com. Thank you, Philip, for sharing the great initiatives of OVH Cloud. This was our last interview for today and also the end of our very first session. I hope you have enjoyed it and you got to learn a lot of new information. In our next episode, we will host Willow Greece and Advantage Austria. In the meantime, if you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free to reach out to us via my email address, which is olivia.exton at startupcampuslondon.co.uk or via Facebook or LinkedIn. Stay tuned and until next time.